Thanks for tuning in on Are You There Universe. We've loved hearing from you and we hope to continue engaging with your stories and questions. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast available on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Leave us a review and follow us on Instagram at areyouthere.universe for the latest updates. Hey, Sunny. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been kind of a crazy few weeks and months. And um, Yeah, what is so- time? <laughs> what is time? Seriously. Since we've been staying at home and not really interacting with as many people as we'd like, there's just a lot of alone time, right? A lot of like sitting and waiting. <laughs> well, I feel you a lot on that front. And I feel like there's like highs and lows with the Mm -hmm. COVID-19 kind of landscape because on the one hand, it is very clarifying what company I'm with when I'm with myself. Mm -hmm. Like the Mm -hmm. thoughts that are running through my mind and are the, is that good company? Are those nice kind Mm -hmm. voices or not? Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it feels like I'm doing all this inner work. I have all the time. Um, but at the same time, it feels like nothing is changing. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I'm doing the inner work. I feel like I'm developing, I'm growing. And yet my surroundings are all the same. So there's a simultaneous feeling of being stuck. Right. Waking up every morning and you're like, oh, I'm still. <laughs> it's it's another Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you said about the voices that are keeping you company in your head and the stories that you're telling, it actually really resonates with what I wanted to talk about today, which is storytelling of the mind. And essentially it's um, these stories that your mind creates that you start to internalize whether or not they're true or not. And a really good example actually just to ground us is something I wrote about in this book that I co-published with nine other women, um, mm-hmm. the 10 of us, we <laughs> we wrote this book called Yes, She Can. Amazing and- book. Everyone <laughs> should go read it. <laughs> Thank you, Sunny. In it, we talk about our experiences working as young female staffers in the Obama White House, young, mm-hmm. diverse staffers who come from totally different backgrounds, work in totally different departments on a multitude of issues. And really, we wrote this book because we wanted to show other young women that stories like that existed, that people like us Mm -hmm. existed in the highest levels of power, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in my chapter, I talk about how my boss, about six months into my time working at the White House, he ended up transitioning me to a different team. Mm -hmm. And I ended up reporting to a new boss who reports to my old boss. So in my head, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Am I getting demoted? Because now I don't report to my former boss, Don, anymore. I report to Carrie, who is also under Don. And so being 24 years old, being six months into the job at the White House, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, am I not good enough? Like, did I do something wrong or am I getting punished? And all of these questions, thinking about the company you keep, right? Like mm-hmm. the kind of devil on your shoulder that's asking mm-hmm. me these questions, prodding me to think like, 
I messed up in some way, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy enough, and therefore I need to be demoted, et cetera, mm-hmm. without considering the alternative, which is I got placed on the team that works on violence against women initiatives, mm-hmm. right? It was a team specifically carved out for that one policy area mm-hmm. because it's so important to the vice president. I just got chills. <laughs> and it was like, that was the issue I cared about most about. That was what I wanted to work on. And instead of, instead of getting excited about it, I just completely got lost and consumed in my fears and anxieties about what Don thought of me, what other staff thought of me and feeling insecure about it. And every night before I go to bed, I would start ruminating on the so many possible horrible outcomes that could take place. And in doing that, and especially Mm -hmm. right before I go to sleep, it's incredible how powerful that made up story in my Mm -hmm. head affected everything in terms of my mood, my feelings, you know, my sense of worth, everything. I felt trapped and kind of like unable to escape this narrative I was, I was writing for myself. Oh, that's so amazing. I mean, just that insight, right? That Mm. there it was in the landscape of your inner world, hearing you talk about the story. I see this like girl that kind of came forward who Mm. felt really unsafe with Mm. the change that was happening, right? The change, totally. Mm -hmm. How do I make sense of this change? I'm scared. What does it mean? And so Mm. there was this like character who is a part of you that really came forward to map out the story that is your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she started, her voice just started getting louder and louder, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it took a long time for me to accept that Don was looking out for me. He was Mm -hmm. looking out for my best interest that Mm -hmm. he was, he had identified, oh, this is an issue Jamie really cares about. And, you know, regardless of, who my boss is or who, you know, the hierarchies or whatever, which is often how we value ourselves, right? By like where we are in the hierarchy, you know, what our job title is, how we can put it on our resume, you know, rather than thinking about the positives, I was just so focused on that hierarchy, that kind of arbitrary marker of success. And that makes sense because, you know, as we grow up, we are situated in these institutions and it's not just us that has the story. These institutions have their stories Mm. too. And so, you know, when I think about my experiences in school and just the experience of getting graded (laughs) and getting your report card, your evaluation, it's kind of like the message, the story of the institution is really that you aren't good enough. That you're Mm. constantly having to prove yourself worthy of a good grade, worthy of good attention. And so you get caught up in this larger story Mm -hmm. and your more personal story can get sucked into that and lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I um, had this, this is actually another interaction with a different boss. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was actually deciding to leave this particular company. I was like, you know, I've been here for about a year and a half. You know, there there weren't any openings for me to move upwards. And I was just kind of getting antsy. I told him that all my life, I have moved in so many different places. So I Mm -hmm. went to five elementary schools as a kid. 
I went to three middle schools. I've lived in like five states and each job has been two years or less. And then I move on. And so I, I explained to him, I was like, that's just my personality. It's just like what I've done. It's just, I always kind of bounce around. And he brought up this really good point that just because you've done something a certain way or mm-hmm. thought in a certain way in the past, does not mean you're trapped by those choices and that you actually can change how you how you act in the future, how you respond in the future. And it was almost this like liberating feeling of, wow, that's a really good point. I actually, I feel like I have to move on because I've done that for so long, but I can actually change how I'm moving forward. And, you know, this all relates back to the storytelling of the mind, right? Of Mm -hmm. just because you're telling yourself these stories doesn't mean you don't have the power to stop that and change the way that story is experienced in your in yourself. These moments are actually moments when you are on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And you know, Freud, one of his main ideas that was very novel for us was about this idea of the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And what the subconscious mind does is it's kind of like that site of the autopilot where you're doing things out of habit, um, you're doing things without thought. That is the storytelling of the mind. The mind is always telling the story and it feels like you don't have control over it, right? Mm. That it's just kind of taken over. It's interesting because our brain is a muscle, Mm -hmm. right? And it has the power to create these narratives, these stories. And when you tell them to yourself, your, your body, your heart, your mind internalize those. Mm-hmm. And when we watch movies and television shows like horror movies or comedies mm-hmm. or family dramas, whatever, the emotions that we feel, whether it's fear or excitement or eroticism, whatever, mm-hmm. like those are real emotions that we're feeling. Yeah, your body of, doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know the difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm laying in bed, internalizing these feelings, like they're real bi- biological phenomena taking place, which are unhealthy and don't serve me, you know? Yeah, because you're triggering your sympathetic nervous system, which is in control of your fight or flight response. And, you know, I took this um, mindfulness for stress reduction. Mm. It's run by um, John Kabat-Zinn. And in the first class, it goes over how our bodies haven't really fully evolved to our modern day lives in the sense that our bodies, they look at something threatening like a demotion (laughs) (laughs) or like getting fired. And it Mm -hmm. interprets that as a literal threat to one's life. Like literally Mm -hmm. I'm going to wake up tomorrow or right now I'm going to just die. (laughs) Yeah. And so it triggers the fight or flight response, which takes energy away from your parasympathetic system. That is your natural holistic healing ability of your own body. And that's why when you're stressed for a long time, you get sick because your immune system Mm. is just not functioning at its highest abilities. You know, like people who are always sick, but they don't know why, Mm -hmm. like they can't figure out an origin or the cause to their illness. They go to doctors and they can't do anything about that condition. It's probably most likely in not all cases, obviously, but because you don't feel safe. Mm. And because you don't feel safe, it causes a lot of stress in the body. Mm -hmm. Part of your story, too, is actually that you're replaying the past 
Mm. And um, mm-hmm. there is this inability to move past it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, that is a um, moment of body mind incoherence. Mm-hmm. Your mind is stuck in a particular temporal period, but your body is moving forward. Your body is like sleeping, still eating, and all of mm-hmm. this, right? So it creates this disharmony. Right. Part of this entire podcast and what I'm learning each and every episode too is the solution to that is mindfulness, right? Is meditation, is 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 bringing back the mind and body together so that they're both moving forward. And what's incredible about mindfulness and meditation, which is something everyone can practice, is that it's also supported by our biology, mm-hmm. right? So like our brains are also incredibly strong, right? They're a muscle, yes, but they're mm-hmm. also incredibly strong in terms of how they can shape what we think and feel mm-hmm. and experience. And so I had done a little bit of some studying into this biological phenomenon called neuroplasticity, which Ooh, is actually <laughs> I love which it. Is essentially the brain's ability to reorganize itself. Mm-hmm. And form new neural connections and pathways throughout the course of its life. So it allows nerve cells in the brain to compensate for injury, for disease, trauma, and adjust their activities and responses. And mm-hmm. so when our brain is wired in a certain way based on social conditions, it's learned behavior. It's behavior and practices that it's accumulated over time. Mm-hmm. And you know, through repetitive habits. So we have to unlearn a lot of those behaviors, unlearn that company that we keep in our brain that keeps telling us you're not good enough, or Mm -hmm. this is the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, this is because it's your fault or something you did. And so unlearning those behaviors actually like changes the neurological pathways in your brain. Well, I really love how you talked about it in terms of storytelling. Because really, the power of a story is when you change them, they can really heal. Mm. And when I think about the origins to storytelling and its main purpose, I really do think about oral traditions Mm. and how these stories really were to soothe particular curiosities or explore moral problems and Mm -hmm. allow us to vicariously experience challenging feelings and how to deal with those feelings. So something that I really resonate with in terms of the storytelling of the mind is that going back to your first story about in the White House Mm -hmm. and that character of that scared girl, in changing your story, you can introduce a different character into the story. And I think really it's about transforming and actually gaining greater mastery over the characters in your mind. And so then how would you introduce a different character or change that story? I think a part of it is cultivating compassion, Mm -hmm. right? And one of those strategies by which you can practice compassion is talking to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend Mm -hmm. or a person that you love or someone who you admire and who you respect. And so if you, Sunny, were to come to me and tell me this story, my first instinct would to immediately draw out all the incredible aspects of what this opportunity means, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like, wow, Dawn is like honoring your passions and and your interests by 
putting you on this team that you have been interested in working with in the first place. And who cares who you answer to? It's the work that you're doing and that's what you care about, you know? And so I think talking to yourself the way that you would talk to your best friend or the people that you love, really cultivating that sense of self-compassion is one way to introduce those positive characters, right? Yeah, it's so amazing because just by introducing that friend character into your the story changes the story. Yeah. And having the ability to name and get to know the various characters that are taking up space in your mind is such an empowering um, mm-hmm. feeling because... Mm-hmm. When you get to that point of like, oh, wow, this reaction that I'm having, this is the wounded girl. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce her to the part of me that is um, motherly or maternal or nurturing. Or it might be um, your current self or a future self or a grandmotherly figure or a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know? So you can actually introduce these other characters and change your story. And as you do that, as you cultivate this practice, what happens is that you start to cultivate this thing called witness consciousness. Mm. You're witnessing the characters that are in your mind. Mm -hmm. And when you get that higher perspective, you can enter a situation and you can actually invoke a particular character that you want to embody as you enter a space. Meaning I want to draw on the warrior-like aspect of me as I enter this meeting, I want to draw on the strengths of that character. Or you might be walking into like a family gathering and you're like, you know, I want to draw on and, and experience the really light, happy, childlike part of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to channel that energy in this space. That's what I want to experience. And so then with that level of mastery, you can actually play around with your story. Mm. And you have control over your story, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think pairing this witness consciousness, which is where you are actively the driver of that story, it actually kind of complements what is also known as the collective unconscious, mm. right? Which is the exact opposite of that. It's mm-hmm. these beliefs that we hold and how they are based on what others have taught us, right? Where others are the drivers of our story, the structural stories. Yeah, the structural and stories. It's the practice of us unconsciously seeking answers externally and accepting how other people view us as reality. Mm-hmm. And I think when I talked about the character that I created, it was by looking inward, right? Mm-hmm. That character I created is also me, right? Mm-hmm, so it's yeah. looking inward and creating our own realities for what we want to see and feel and experience who gets to tell our stories, mm-hmm. even though we create these stories in our mind? Where do they come from? Who do they serve? Where did you learn this? Mm-hmm. That space, that stillness, that meditation gives us that opportunity to really look inward. And it's actually part of gaining sovereignty. So it's taking your power back yeah. from these collective modes of being unconscious. Mm. And so it Going back to what happens in the brain when you're meditating is that the amount of stimuli that's entering your brain is really reduced. 
And so it means that there's space, there's literal space Mm -hmm. to process stimuli and not react to it, Mm -hmm. which is actually the first step to changing your thought patterns and also getting clear around what thoughts and feelings are truly yours, Mm -hmm. meaning that they are in service to your well-being mm. and what thoughts, narratives, and feelings are not yours and are actually harmful to you. That phrase, when you heal yourself, you heal, you know, your communities or when you evolve, mm-hmm. everyone evolves with you, the world evolves with you. That is where this idea is coming from. When you're compassionate to yourself, you get you are cultivating that inner power to actually impress your reality, your perspective into the seemingly um, bigger than you, larger than you Mm -hmm. structures. And that's where this intersection of activism and spirituality, social Mm -hmm. justice and spirituality really blend because it is about impressing upon the world that power, that inner power that we can cultivate as opposed to just relying on what's already given to us, right? Yeah. What already exists. And also why storytelling has always been such a critical Mm -hmm. tool of social justice movements, consciousness raising movements. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, it's interesting. That's partially why I moved out to LA in the first place, right? Is is Mm -hmm. to be a part of, meaningful stories that actually drive change and that lift underrepresented voices and kind of help that little girl, mm-hmm. that little girl that's saying, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, let's tell stories that inspire that little girl and mm-hmm. that give her confidence and empower her to, to come out of that place of fear. There's another thing I wanted to, you were saying this earlier and I meant to bring this up, but you know, you also talked about how stories are the ways that we come to terms with challenges, right? And process information. And mm-hmm. I've been having this recurring dream. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that this dream is my body, mind's way mm-hmm. of processing information and processing feelings that I, I didn't even really know existed. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I've been dating my partner, Terrence, for a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who has been teaching me how to edit. So. Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> so, so you can thank him for um, our good sound quality, for sure. He and I have a really healthy relationship, very openly communicative, talk about our feelings a lot and, and kind of confront issues head on. But in this recurring dream... Terrence continues to cheat on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've talked to him about these, you mm-hmm. know, these dreams. One of them was like, he goes to this like sex party, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like sounds ridiculous. Waking up from these dreams, I I actually immediately like Googled, what does it mean when yeah. your partner is cheating on you in your dreams? And a lot of what I read was on the one hand, you may you may actually have some unresolved issues that you are nervous about your partner actually cheating on you. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, it's Indicative of deeper issues within yourself, whether it's fear of abandonment, whether it's insecurity, whether it's feeling unworthy of love mm-hmm. and stories giving us perspective and a way to process 
is essentially what my dreams were doing. I must be processing emotions of that sort in some sort of way, you know? Absolutely. Like actually what those dreams allow you to do in that story is it creates a container for you to experience very difficult feelings that Mm -hmm. you might not be ready or prepared to address in your waking conscious life. Like you have your job to do, maybe you have kids to take care of. Mm -hmm. Like we can't always sit with our feelings and process them and like heal them. And that's why sleep is so important. Sleep is so important. Getting rest is so important because even when you're not aware of it, your body is doing its best to heal and um, mm. harmonize your internal system, your nervous system, and, and of that nature. Yeah. These deeper seated issues, which may have nothing to do with Terrence, and it's just the brain's way of telling a story for me to actually process this. Mm-hmm. These feelings of fear of abandonment or feeling unworthy of love, it also may stem from that child, that, that little girl, and mm-hmm. me as a child 20 years ago growing mm-hmm. up with my family where school and and needing to get the perfect grades, right? The like, I got a 98, but my mom's like, why didn't you get a hundred, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like feeling unworthy, the choices that I made, feeling unworthy of my parents' praise or or respect. And so, you know, not to say that that will always remain with me forever, but those dreams are not just representative of what they are face value. Right. And that they could be completely exploring other elements of your life or your history. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing you say is that we have these collective unconscious wounds. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that we take on these wounds as children, especially um, because we are still developing our egos, right? And Mm -hmm. our defenses against these other larger looming structural narratives. And so this is also why in many wisdom traditions, they talk about there not being a past or a future and that there's only a present Hmm. because these wounds, these ideas are embedded in our cells, in our brain. Mm -hmm. And so really, as you go forward on your spiritual healing journey, any healing journey, what can happen is that you just become more capable of dealing with deeper, more difficult feelings, Mm -hmm. recognize them and actually deal with them head on. I also want to bring our attention to the collective unconscious of Asian women, (laughs) Asian American women. Asian women. You know, I actually had a conversation with my Reiki teacher yesterday (laughs) where basically I was like, There was too much on my plate, Mm -hmm. you know, and I realized that I was on the verge of burnout Mm -hmm. and that I had to take care of myself. And that moment triggered that girl, Mm -hmm. except this girl was trying to prove herself in this way that Mm. really spoke to the history of woman in my family. I've been trying to prove to my family, to my mother, mm-hmm. my ancestors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that I can make it on my own. Mm-hmm. And also to myself, right? I'm trying to prove this to myself that I can do it and also to, to do it so I can comfort that girl and tell her mm-hmm. that 
you don't have to be scared anymore. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And that's what led leads us to burnout. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that pressure to prove. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so something that's really helped me in my spiritual healing journey is to think of how my environment is taking care of me, that there is this Mm -hmm. force that is so much bigger than me. And that is very nurturing of me. I love that you just said that you can rely on the environment to, to be there for you because it really is the answer to the question. Are you there, universe? I know right? the universe is there. <laughs> the universe is there. <laughs> and but but what's what's beautiful is that it's there and it's also part of who you are inside. Yeah, it's not that separate. When you're asking, are you there, universe? You're asking to the greater powers at that be, but you're also you're asking that outward, but it it's it's very much you're asking inward too. And that inner that inner joy, that inner love and compassion you have for yourself is just as much an answer to that question. You know, everyone carries the genes of their ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so wherever I go, my ancestors are there with me and I'm never alone. And they are supporting me every single part of the way. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, it's so empowering because I realize that my journey is about a collective that I contain a collective within me. Mm, and they're all rooting for you. And they're all rooting for me. Mm. And I just, whenever I feel lost or, you know, feeling the pressure to prove myself or uh, that fear of failure, I think back on all the small miracles or seemingly magical things that had to happen in my life to get me to this point. And some people might brush it off as coincidences or, you know, many people like to remind me that I'm very capable and that I deserve <laughs> the opportunities mm-hmm. that fell mm-hmm. on my lap. But, you know, strangely enough, I find it way more empowering to think that there's magic mm. happening around me. I love that. I think that's actually, I think a really beautiful way to conclude our episode. <laughs> And um, perhaps we can end off with our affirmations of the week. And so if folks could get comfortable, maybe you're lying down, maybe you're sitting in a chair or sofa, just put your hand on your heart. Take a deep, deep, full belly breath. I always have the power to choose my story. I am not trapped by my past or my mind. I open myself up to an infinite abundance of love, forgiveness, and self-compassion. Well, that's 
so great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. As you carry on through the next few weeks or so, just keep those affirmations in mind and feel free to revisit them at any time. And remember, we're really curious about your comments and how you're engaging with the work and your stories. And so please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Definitely. All right. Well, until next time, this is Jamie and Sunny signing off. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you, and we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie on her website, www.jamiewu.com.